Welcome to the Abundantly You podcast. I am so glad you're here. I'm your host, Emily Garris. I am obsessed with calling abundance into my life and in helping you do it too. I'm a mindset coach at my business, Abundance Emily, and it lights me up to help women overcome their scarcity mindsets around food, their bodies, and their finances. Each week, I will teach you how to activate your own abundance mindset and share my abundance journey too. If you are craving radical transformation, growth, to shift your perspective, dream bigger, ditch the binge and restrict cycle in all areas of your life, and create a life of pure abundance, you are in the right place. Are you ready to activate your own abundance? Let's do it. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Abundantly You podcast. I'm so happy that you are tuning in for another episode. Today, I am really excited to just kind of give you an update and kind of chat with everyone. A couple of nights ago, I think it was two nights ago now, I decided to go live on Instagram and just do something similar like this. Just give an update. And it was such a beautiful experience going live on Instagram. I have not ever gone live like on my own before. The only other time I've gone live on Instagram is I was um, like a guest on my good friend Nicole's. um, She was doing a challenge, a month long challenge. And I was her guest on one of her Instagram lives. And so it had just really been on my heart. I was feeling really called to just hop on and and go live and chat with all of you. And it was a really beautiful experience. Today, I really want to chat about limiting beliefs. More specifically, what to do when you notice old limiting beliefs pop back up. And I just wanted to talk you through some of the ways that I have been coaching myself through some really heavy emotions that I have been feeling lately. So for those of you who know me and know a bit about my story, you will probably not be surprised when you hear me say that for a large part of my life, the way that I dealt with difficult and heavy emotions was by turning to food. So I, in the past, have really struggled with emotional eating and binge eating. And a big part of the work I do as an abundance and mindset coach and mentor is help women who are struggling in those same ways that I was struggling, specifically with my relationship to food. So I've been, like I said, I've been feeling some heavy emotions lately. Um, Really, as I look at some of my interpersonal relationships and relationships with the people, some of the people who I'm closest to in my life, there have been some things that have surfaced that have just allowed me to really look at some of those dynamics again. So maybe some like dysfunctional dynamics that are coming back into view. And I really feel strongly that this is the universe presenting me an opportunity to take a look at some of these dynamics and reevaluate them and see them with new eyes. And some of them to lovingly release them and say, this no longer works for me or this no longer serves me being witness to some more difficult conversations. Very important, but difficult conversations. So there's just been that feeling of heaviness, emotional heaviness in the air for me. 
these last maybe two or three weeks. And what has been very interesting that I've noticed is that in those last two or three weeks, I have had more thoughts about food than I typically have had in the last several months as I've really been practicing intuitive eating. And my first reaction to these thoughts, you know, these increased thoughts about food that I've been having is I felt a little bit panicked. I felt like, oh my God, what is going on? Why are these thoughts resurfacing? Why are they coming back? I don't want them. Does this mean I haven't made any progress? Does this mean I'm a failure? Does this mean I've I've just ruined all of my progress that I've made with my mindset and my relationship to myself and my work on intuitive eating? The answer, as I am very happy to share with you and you probably can guess, is is no. None of those things are true. But my initial reaction to those old limiting beliefs surfacing were some feelings of doubt and some feelings of panic and fear. Like, why, why are these here? So I really want to talk about limiting beliefs, especially old limiting beliefs that pop up. Is That's really what I want to chat with you about today. I also am really thinking a lot about limiting beliefs and how to reframe them into more positive and affirming statements because right now I'm in the middle of running my newest program called Reframe Queen. And so the the work inside of this program is all about identifying our limiting beliefs, getting really specific about what they are, and then from that point, creating really beautiful and powerful reframe statements that help us create better feeling thoughts, better feeling self-talk, and really better feeling beliefs about ourselves. So I thought, what a beautiful time to hop on and record a podcast about this because I think it's so true for me and for a lot of the women that I work with that our limiting beliefs continually are some of the biggest stumbling blocks that we run into on our journeys to greater growth and expansion, whether that's with healing our relationship with food and our bodies or healing our relationship to financial success and money or just overall this feeling of having a scarcity mindset, like this fear that there's just not enough of anything to go around. I want to share with you is that it is very very normal for us to have limiting beliefs. So one of the things that honestly I that really surprised me about limiting beliefs and as I as I really began my my journey with mindset work and personal development um, I hired a coach and mentor. Her name is Jessica and Jessica who I absolutely adore I remember so clearly when she shared with us that she still has limiting beliefs that pop up in her head and she still struggles with those those old feelings of self-doubt and limiting beliefs. I was honestly kind of shocked. I thought, oh, so she still struggles with that too. And I felt, yes, I felt a little shocked, but more so I felt so seen, I felt so validated. I felt like, wow, there is not something that's fundamentally flawed about me. And so what I want you, as you are listening to this podcast, to also take away from this is that that is true for, your, 
for you too. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing fundamentally flawed about you because you have limiting beliefs. I have never met a person who does not have limiting beliefs. Unfortunately, just the world that we live in, there are so many opportunities for limiting beliefs to become coded into us and ingrained in our minds. But the beautiful thing is, is that we do get to change those and recode those and reframe those. But yes, it was so like shocking to me to realize that my incredible coach, who I look up to so much, still struggles with those things. And what that really made me realize in that moment is that it is so easy to idolize our teachers or mentors or those we look up to and especially it's so easy to idolize people who we follow on social media and I know that it's very possible that some of you who may be listening to this podcast and thinking well Emily must not ever have any limiting beliefs about food anymore or any challenges with that because she posts on Instagram about being an intuitive eater and how happy she is with these changes she's made and like she's she's creating sustainable change and she talks about it all the time and it just must not be an issue for her anymore. So what I really want to remind you of is that all of us, every single human on this planet struggles with limiting beliefs and it's very normal for them to pop back into our minds even if we have done a lot of work on um, identifying them reframing them moving past them releasing them I don't say this to to make anyone nervous or feel like oh my gosh doom and gloom right but more so to normalize that we still have all of us as humans still have human emotions and there are going to be days that are difficult and there are going to be days where a limiting belief will pop back into your mind. But the really beautiful thing about this work is that we get to respond differently to limiting beliefs. So we don't have to respond the way that we used to. And this is what has allowed me to just feel so much inner peace and feel so much more empowered to be with my thoughts and in my relationship with myself is that I no longer have to take those limiting beliefs as truth and just believe them to be true. It's like, okay, well, if I thought it, it must be true. That's not necessarily the case. We get to question our limiting beliefs. We get to talk back to them. We get to challenge them. We get to look for evidence that they're actually not true. We get to look for evidence that we are strong, capable, beautiful, loving women who are not defined by our limiting beliefs. We also get to lovingly release our limiting beliefs that are no longer serving us. So I think something that a lot of us um, relate to when it comes to limiting beliefs is that our limiting beliefs are, are there to keep us safe. It's kind of our brain's way of keeping us safe, keeping us playing small, keeping us from trying anything new that might result in failure, keeping us from speaking out or sharing online for fear of judgment keeping us safe by staying the same and staying small 
And for me, I reached a time in my life where I was no longer willing to play small and to live in fear of what if I do something new and something bad happens. What I've been able to reframe for myself is what if I do something new and it's the best decision I ever made? What if I do something new and it changes my life for the better in ways that I can't even imagine right now? So now now I love to play in the what if territory that's like really exciting, that's dreaming big, that's really expansive, instead of the what if territory that's very scary and like doom and gloom based. So those are some of my thoughts on limiting beliefs. And I now I really want to share with you more specifically some of the limiting beliefs that I've had pop up in the last two to three weeks around my relationship with food. So as I shared with you, I've been dealing with and processing some really heavy emotions. And in the past, food is what I would have used to cope with those emotions, to distract myself from those emotions, to numb myself from those emotions, to reward myself after feeling those emotions, fill in the blank. Um, I really relied on food for a lot of emotional work in the past. So like I said earlier, I have been thinking more about food lately in these last couple of weeks than I have been in the past few months. And that has not felt very comfortable to me. So there have been certain foods that I've been craving and like wanting to eat even when I check in with myself and know that, okay, no, I'm not physically hungry right now. You know, I'm satisfied. I'm, I'm not hungry. But yet in my mind, I'm like, Ooh, that cake sounds really good or you know oh you could go back and get you know a second helping of food at dinner or you could have a second dessert tonight like some of these types of thoughts I have been having even when I am not physically hungry and there have been certain types of foods that I've been craving as well typically um, really highly palatable foods like very delicious um sugary or high fat content or takeout foods and there is nothing inherently wrong with any of those types of foods whatsoever it's just been interesting to me to to notice these thoughts because these were comfort foods for me and a lot of the types of foods that I've been craving are foods that I used to binge on so they were like trigger foods for me So I've just been very um, attuned to those thoughts and what I've been thinking and what I've been craving. But like I shared with you, these thoughts have not been comfortable because they remind me of a past time when my relationship with food was very poor and I was emotional eating and binge eating and trying to convince myself that I didn't care how I felt, even though I deeply cared how I felt. And having these feelings again at first made me feel like a failure, made me feel like I had somehow done intuitive eating wrong. And then I I had to remind myself, there is no way to fail at intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is a practice that we practice moment by moment. And for me, it's about bringing a really high level of intentionality and self-awareness to every moment. And it's also about knowing that each moment is an equally wonderful and perfect opportunity to get back to doing the things that make me feel good. It's about removing rules. 
And so I am very, I'm very proud of myself for, I've really been able to collapse time around these realizations. So instead of feeling like, oh my God, I'm having these old cravings and old limiting beliefs about food. I'm, this voice in my head is telling me to just go eat. So I, I will, I'll just go eat and then that will lead to a weeks or months long binge. In the past, I had years-long binges where I was just just really disconnected from myself and my body. But this time, I did not binge. And not only did I not binge, but I was able to talk back to that voice in such a, a quick amount of time. It didn't take me nearly as long as it had in the past to recognize where that voice was coming from to recognize it as a limiting belief and to empower myself to know that I don't have to listen to this voice and I don't have to respond to this or um, I don't have to take the action that this voice is trying to tell me that I need to take. So I will share with you, I did have in the last three weeks, I had one or two times where I did overeat. And what has been very interesting to me about really being much more intentional and tuned in is that I noticed a lot more just feelings and observations when I overate. So the first thing I want to say is that I used to think that overeating and binging and emotional eating were all the same thing. And I realized that a limiting belief that I have that I had not that long ago was that well overeating is is binge eating and that's just not true there is it's very important to me to differentiate between the two because binge eating is an overeating to an extreme it's eating you know really massive quantities of food often to the point of real physical discomfort or potentially even of of getting sick now overeating is something similar to limiting beliefs is something that all of us experience in our life and overeating happens sometimes I used to be someone that had such strong all or nothing thinking that I thought that overeating at one meal was like every you know all my progress was lost I was a failure I may as well just stop doing everything I was doing and go back to binge and emotional eating so when I overate I did I was so much more aware of what I was doing and the example that I'm thinking about was I was eating a meal that was really delicious and I wanted just a little bit more food. And I knew, I checked in with my body, I was like, okay, I'm feeling pretty satisfied, but I want a few more bites. So I'm going to have a few more bites. This is a far cry from some of the ways that I was eating before where after dinner I would have a second large snack and dessert and just move forward and eat and eat with really no regard for my body and my body cues and body signals. And so it was really interesting when I overate a few bites, I felt I felt full. I did not feel miserable or physically like so stuffed. 
but I noticed the feeling in my body it didn't feel as good as how I typically eat um, and stopping when I feel satisfied but I also reminded myself that a few extra bites now and again it happens and what the biggest stumbling block to me used to be that if I overate or binge ate or emotionally ate, I made it mean something horrible about myself as a person, that I had a horrible character, that I had some sort of character defect, that I, there was something so wrong with me. And I just heaped so many judgments on myself. And I no longer do that now because I know that the way that I eat doesn't mean anything about the goodness of my heart or me as a person. I know what makes me feel best and the ways that I eat that make me feel best and I'm absolutely committed to doing that and to honoring my body for the rest of my life. But when an overeating you know, period happens, it's okay and I get to move on. And that is exactly what I did. In the next moment, I just got back to doing what I have been doing with my intuitive eating and intuitive exercising, continued journaling, continued checking in with myself, didn't feel like I needed to numb out or abandon myself or just punish myself endlessly because I overate a few bites. It was okay. And then it really allowed me to check in more with myself and realize, okay, Emily, you are dealing with some pretty heavy emotions right now. And you're feeling a little bit drawn back to your some of your old coping mechanisms, one of which was food. And I got to ask myself, is that somewhere that you want to go back to? Is that something you want to continue doing? And the answer is no. I didn't go back to it. And it really was a powerful lesson to revisit. And so what I really want you to take away from this is that limiting beliefs happen. This work around mindset and personal development, it's not about removing and eliminating every single limiting belief and never having a limiting belief again ever in your whole life. That would be wonderful, but... I just don't believe that that's realistic. And I had an unrealistic expectation for many years that my success meant that one day all of my limiting beliefs would just go away. And now what I've realized is that my measure of success is how I respond to or don't respond to my limiting beliefs, how I reframe them how I can acknowledge them and then move on and not listen to them, how I can lovingly release the ones that no longer serve me, how I can say, hello, I hear you, but I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to respond to you. I'm going to move forward in a better feeling way. I'm going to pull out my reframe statements and I'm going to read those and journal on those and focus on those and choose those better feeling thoughts and statements. And this work, you are so capable and deserving of doing this work. There was a long time where I believed that I would never get to where I am right now. I would watch people online, on social media, succeeding in ways that I so deeply desired to succeed in. And I thought I put them on pedestals and I idolized them. And I thought, well, that's wonderful for her, but that's not for me. 
And you listening right now may think, well, that's wonderful for her, but not for me. And I'm here to tell you that is not true. This can be for you too. And if you can relate to me on, you know, feeling those heavy emotions and wanting to turn to some of those old coping mechanisms, you get to choose different. Choose a better feeling way. That change is so possible for you too. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Abundantly You podcast. I hope that it made a strong impact on you. It's been so great to just share with you an update from me. And I'm so excited to catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If today's message sparked something in you, I would love if you'd share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes or sending me a message on Instagram so I can continue helping you activate your own abundance. If you're not already, please feel free to follow me on Instagram at AbundanceEmily for more free content that will encourage you to make the mindset shifts to live your most abundant life. I'm sending you so much love and I'm so excited to connect with you on the next episode. Until then, I hope you take heart in the fact that the relationship you've always wanted with food, your body, your finances, and yourself are within your reach.